Hey friends, it's Jace. Oh yes, it's Char. And you're tuned in to Kiss and Tell Radio. <laughs> Welcome to another fantastic episode of Kiss and Tell Radio. What's up? Hey, we are like so behind schedule this week. I know. It was a lot of uh, chit chat. We got here at the studio and it's been like a smooth hour of... And I was uh, running late yeah, for the yeah. first time this year. Uh-huh. Did I you, had things to do. And I didn't say shit to you about that, huh? Look at that. <laughs> well, see, the difference between you and I is uh, the key word is first time this year. You have been repeatedly late. Look. Like six shows in a row. The so that's time so th- for talent. So Ooh. when I so when I am late five more times, then I would expect for you to pipe up. Until then, my first offense, as I granted you mm. that courtesy, I expect the same. Oh, I don't remember any courtesies, but that'll be another show. Well, that's because you are always in such a a, 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 a rush to demonize me. Uh, absolutely not. <laughs> absolutely not. <laughs> Well, anyway, guys, today we have Melanie Hunter. You are our fourth guest for Women's History Month. Amazing. I feel so honored to be here. So Melanie is a publicist, uh, you know, living here in L.A. with us. Uh, The Southern California native has worked in entertainment, music, and fashion, and is making strides to solidify her own business, taking on clients that she connects with and that she values. She is a self-proclaimed music head. She enjoys going to random concerts in the L.A. area, art shows, and brown liquor. Woo, woo. Let's go on. Her favorite holidays are her birthday and Thanksgiving. And she spells Wednesday by sounding it out, Wednesday. That's how I learned to spell it, yes, too. Yes, I mean. Shout out to brown liquor, Thanksgiving. So, Melanie, why is Thanksgiving, I mean, it's obvious why your birthday would be one of your favorite holidays. Right. But out of all of the smorgasbord, why Thanksgiving? Um, well, I love to eat. So, Same. that's mm-hmm. enough for me. Um, you and I were just talking off air about savory foods. Yeah, so. we're sa- we're savory girls. Yeah, we are so, not sweet girls. I mean, Thanksgiving has plenty of that. Yes, I love to cook. Um, I threw a big like Friendsgiving a couple years ago and cooked for fifty people. 50? What? Yes, five zero. So yeah, fifty friends. Lord have mercy. She didn't so, say fifty friends. Right, she, friends she cooked for fifty people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that was intense, but I kind of loved it, and I'm gonna do it again. This year, you both what's your favorite come thing to eat and your on Thanksgiving and your favorite thing to prepare on Thanksgiving? My favorite thing to eat on Thanksgiving is macaroni and cheese prepared by Black people. Okay, the um, difference that means baked. Yes, <laughs> if your mac and cheese doesn't hit the oven, you failed. You know. Well, I saw a tweet that said if it if it's not baked, then essentially it's just cheese sauce and noodles. Exactly. That's what you made. You didn't exactly. make macaroni. We don't have time for that. Uh, <laughs> my favorite thing to make would be candied yams. Really? Just, yeah, because I like being like really hood and tasting the. The, the syrupiness of it all. Samples. Yeah. So that's probably my favorite. All that brown sugar. Mm-hmm. Okay. I drenched mm-hmm. Do you it. put the marshmallows on top? I do. Yeah. The tiny ones though, right? Yes. Yeah. 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 Yes. yes. Candied yams. You know, that's something that I don't need a lot of. Like literally all I need is like a little corner, mm-hmm. one tablespoon of a candied yam dish and I'd be okay. Yeah. Candied I, yam, souffle, all of that. I just mm-hmm. need one tablespoon not the serving spoon not a teaspoon i just need just a little taste i didn't like them as a kid i got into that when i was an adult and still just a taste and just a taste yeah yeah a little sample 
As yeah. a child, it was the pie for me. Like I, I, I had the pie because my mm. aunt makes great sweet potato pies. Mm-hmm. Like it's like one of her like dishes. But this is going to sound so random since we're talking about Thanksgiving food. I love in a March. good. <laughs> right in March, <laughs> I love a good collard green. Yeah, I mean, there's a, mm-hmm. a tons of stuff that I yeah. like to eat. With I the love ham in it. Yeah, yeah, it has that or it's smoked turkey smoked neck. Turkey leg, yeah. I don't really oh, need yeah. to have the ham. I smoked the smoked turkey will sell it. And give me a bottle of Crystal's hot sauce or the Trader Joe's habanero, okay. mm-hmm. and leave me alone. I yeah. think that's what I eat mostly as leftovers, like a mountain of, of collard greens right. or what have you, and like a turkey leg. Yeah, and I'm okay and macaroni and cheese. Yeah, but the greens as I've gotten older. They've gotten so tasty. Well, because if it sits, the seasoning just kind of absorbs into mm-hmm. it. So, yeah, like, but leftovers, you know what? All it takes mm. is one shake of the Lowry's, and all of a sudden they're too salty. Like yeah. it's a balance for me. It's a delicate balance. But I, I love the greens. My favorite thing to make, I, I would have to say, is maybe like a gumbo, even though it's so okay. time consuming. But because I like watching people eat my food and people yeah. rave over my gumbo, it's so. really good. I had it one time. Then she made it one time. Didn't invite me. I was really sad. I've made it like four times since living in LA, but a lot of times it was like me and TT. Yeah, I had it <laughs> once. Once on whose birthday was that? Was that a mine? New- that was your birthday. You made gumbo. I made gumbo. I've and- never made gumbo before. It's- I never made Thanksgiving before. Oh no! I've never made a full. I've never yeah. prepared like so a turkey. So when you said fifty people, all, I was like, Jesus! Right. Did, where, did you feel a lot of pressure doing that, or were you like, did you approach it confident? That's like a week worth of no. Prep. I like, mean, you gotta. <laughs> I did it all the night before. What? I went to the grocery store the day before. Did people pitch in, Vimo you something? Um, no. I wanted to do it. I just like you. You, you were at my birthday to... party. Yes. I just like going over the top and like making my friends no, feel no, a full-blown me... carnival for her birthday my like 30th clowns, birthday games wow. rented a whole entire space like no i have to i have to ask you this before we move on okay. because you said you prepared this dinner for 50 yeah. people and uh it, you started the night before did you have a food processor or did you hand chop your vegetables i hand chopped oh hell Mm-mm. no that is my least favorite Crop thing to do yeah. That's my least favorite thing to do. Throw that whole onion in that damn food For processor. For me, it's very relaxing because okay. I can just like focus and like kind of let out some anger. Okay. And just really <laughs> give it to the that piece of celery. You know uh-huh. what I mean? Yeah. So I that did red it, onion. Yeah, I did it the day before, and I am a notorious procrastinator. Um, oh. so that's part of it. And um, <laughs> it's a mess. So the day before, I was driving around getting plates because, you know, I did table settings. Yeah. You know, I had like the pumpkins as the, the vases for the flowers. Did you have a cornucopia? No, I didn't do that. Um, <laughs> but I had like, yeah, like tablecloth. Uh, I wanted the plates to not look super like obvious that they're yeah, paper plates. Like so they're I, from Dixie. Yeah. So yeah. I got a little glossy plate mm. moment. You know, you, risk, you risked it mm-hmm. the day before Thanksgiving and yeah. you're looking for... For yeah. uh, disposable nice silverware, yeah. Olivia you, Pope. Yeah, you really risked. Risked. Why am I speaking over my words today? <laughs> Go risked to three, it. Yeah, three different grocery stores. I hit up Superior Grocer, the little Mexican mart where mm-hmm. you okay. can get all your produce. <laughs> oh, superior versus Superior. Yeah, I try to be a little you know superior. spicy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, <laughs> I've noticed that a lot of natives from here do. Like you always say quesadilla. Yeah, and I say like quesadilla. Yeah, it's yeah. it's it's a little mine is a little bit more country, and it doesn't like you all's dialect will instantly switch yeah. over to. Uh, yeah. It like sounds Spanish. Spanish. It's like yeah. a respect thing, I feel, especially when we're from here. This was their land before it was yes. ours. Mm. So the least I could do was try to roll in our, you mm. know? 
Yeah, you the know, least. The least. So, <laughs> aside, so, so, what was your weekend looking like? Who wants to go first? Um, my weekend, I was in Temecula, <clears throat> the wine country. It was Marcia's birthday. Happy birthday to my stepmother. Um, it was nice. We went to a nice, nice little dinner at uh, Ponte Winery. Um, I had a surf and turf. That was less than pleasing, I will say. Mm. Um, so, you know, surf and turf is like land and sea. Yes. So, the best one I've had was in Puerto Rico, which had a huge lobster tail, two huge lobster tails, and a big, nice succulent steak. Um, this one was not so succulent. And I actually gave up drinking as well. Um, spring cleaning, drinking, and sex. So, I'll not be having that oh, until how long? the end of May. What? And I just started having sex and drinking. Really? <laughs> I'm, joking, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> Y'all know I'm a nun. Yeah. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) No, Um, I'm going to keep it real when it's my turn. Yeah. So, yeah, I had two little shrimps that were just not satisfying. But it was a good experience. The sunset was gorgeous. Um, I didn't know that Ryan Gosling was a singer. I know uh, Tracy last week was telling us about her experience with Ryan. So my roommate actually showed me a clip of Ryan, JC, Shazé, Justin Timberlake. Where have you been that you have not seen this clip of them singing Jodeci? I had no idea. And of all songs for these little 12-year-old yeah. white boys to yeah. be singing. Right. Yeah. They were tearing it but up. But there's one black boy, too. I don't know yeah, who that but was. I'm, Dale, I said his white name's because Dale. majority. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, he was the token. Yeah. Yeah, who was that? His name's Dale or something. He's not doing much now. Oh, oh okay. On the Disney Channel, too, at that. Yeah, my, Mickey Mouse Club. But yeah, it was really cool to kind of see little Ryan Gosling because I know him from The Notebook. That was my introduction mm-hmm. to Ryan Gosling. And so. And Eva Mendez is baby dead. Right. Two kids, right? Yeah. 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 So, you know. I just, I'm, I, I guess what I'll never get over about that clip is the Jodeci. Yeah. Of all groups to pick from, you pick uh, one of the most sex driven yeah. R&B hardcore bad boy yeah. groups. And it was an aggressive body roll. Yeah. That they did for an extended period aggressive. of time. Yeah. 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 So y'all check that out on YouTube. Um, it's very interesting if you have not. I guess I'm out the loop, but if you have you not. You are. If <laughs> anyone else out there is out the loop, go ahead and check that out on the tube of Ube. Melanie, how was your weekend? Uh, my weekend was good. I went to Palm Springs uh, for a wedding. Okay. And I still have yet to go to Palm Springs. Really? What? Everyone has been. I've been in L.A. for almost four years and I've, I've not gone yet. Yeah. But when I do go, I don't want it to be any event. Okay. Like I'd much rather just go on a random weekend I went last week. than to have yeah. fifty thousand people there for for something or yeah. whatever. Yeah, if you go at the right time of <laughs> day, Springs. you can get there in about three hours, uh-huh. maybe under three. If no, you like two. Yeah, probably two if you leave at the right time. of Getting day. out of LA is the hardest part. Right, hundred percent. Once yeah. you get to like the IE, you're yeah. smooth sailing. But yeah, I went to a wedding. Uh, my first ever gay wedding. I feel very weird I saying that. Been to one of those either. Me either. Yeah. <laughs> How was it? Was it two women or two men? Two men. Okay. Um, Patrick and Matt. Uh, I've Congrats. Known, yeah. Congratulations. It was very fun. I've known them for about five years. I think. Yeah. Uh, knew them before they were even a couple. So it's really nice to see them like come together and get married and and do the whole thing. Mm-hmm. But it was great. It was about like 100, 150 people. Um, they did it at the Korea Estate, which is, I guess, a popular place to have weddings in Palm Springs. Mm-hmm. But it's like a really a house, but it has acres and acres of space. And so, sounds like a dream. Yeah, it was nice. And they had, uh, they just had like a catering company cater uh, Mexican food, very Californian of us. I love that. Yeah, so they had like a taco truck. The Love Jays had Mexican at their wedding too. I certainly wouldn't have Mexican at my wedding. I think I'd I have had a southern cuisine, bar. but yeah. not soul food. 
Yeah, I mean, I get why people do it because it's it's inexpensive. You just it, and, and you can SoCal. get full off of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just have a taco man show up, and, and it's so it was, I, it was perfect for uh, Joy and Justin's wedding because it was like literally margaritas, like tacos and beer, and like I could not be happier with that mm. at a wedding. Very do, classy. Yeah. Do you guys feel Do you guys feel weird saying gay wedding? Because I feel weird saying that. I don't. I don't think I've ever given it any thought. Um, yeah. You know it's funny because I get weird about saying gay couple sometimes uh-huh. versus like couple that's gay. Because, mm-hmm. you know, you're saying like you're like, oh, black people versus the people who right. happen to be black. Right. So I had never really thought about the wedding part, though. Yeah, I just feel I don't know. Maybe I'm just uh, hypersensitive because I have a ton of gay friends. It'll probably the terms like gay weddings will probably phase out within the next two years. Yeah. A wedding is a wedding. A yeah. couple is a couple. You know what I'm saying? 100%, yeah. So, yeah. I, I never, never thought been. about it, though. I've never been. I've been to plenty of weddings. Oh Me my too. god! But never a same sex one. The, I actually liked it because they didn't have a lot of the tra- traditions of like a traditional Are straight these wedding. Black. They one uh, is Mexican and the other is white. Okay. So and like white, white. So there was well. no like jumping the broom and all. Yeah, there was Negros no jumping. Do. Yeah, there was no <laughs> jumping the broom. The ceremony was like fifteen minutes. Amen. Um, I hopped out the Uber and broke my know. shoe immediately. Oh. Wait, you, wait, what? She yeah. broke her shoe immediately. Like, oh my as God. soon as I stepped out of the Uber, and of course, I, that was the day. I never wear heels, but that was the day that I decided to wear five-inch stacked platform heels. Yes! <laughs> <And> <laughs> my kind of shoe. <laughs> yeah. The yes. whole thing fell apart because I got them from a thrift store years ago and had oh. never worn them. Oh. So the glue was off. It was a uh, you know, disastrous moment. But thank the Lord above for black duct tape. Found it inside the house. My friend Lisa came and RuPaul's dragged raced the situation. The, the yeah. And Wrap that shit up. It's amazing that, that you were even still able to, even with duct tape, like I feel yeah. like that would still be uncomfortable. It was, if there was no like weight on the shoe, kind uh-huh. of. If I probably would have made any sharp movements, I would have. Yeah, broke so it wasn't my ankle. too much dance. Yeah. What the dance floor would have been like. Yeah, I was two step. Yeah, I was just it, a lot of two stepping, a lot of weight on one foot. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> stanky yeah. leg. I hate, hate to have to be conscious of that. Yeah, the entire wedding. Yeah, thank but it was God, fun. I've never had a shoe break on me. I don't think. Oh my gosh, that would piss me off so bad. And of course, I call my best friend and I tell her, and she's like, "Well, I was gonna tell you to bring an extra pair of shoes just in case." I'm like, "What? Well, why didn't right? You if you me? were going well, to, then why didn't now. you? Yeah, right. it's too late now, girl. <laughs> yeah." How was your weekend, Char? My weekend, um, I want to encourage everyone to go check out Love, Simon. Oh, my gosh. Is that in theaters? Yes. Okay. Fantastic movie. I missed the screening. Um, I was invited to a screening a few weeks ago, but I couldn't go because I was here. And that's okay. Um, Because this is my job. So uh, (laughs) I went and saw it, and it's such an important movie. Mm -hmm. It's such an entertaining movie. And it's just such a good movie. And I have to shout out Clark because Clark is someone, an associate of mine that I met years ago at Alex Newell's house. Alex played, Love um, him. he was on Glee yeah. and played, what well, Unique yep. on Glee. And so I had done, I had recorded an episode of Glee in November. This was their final season. And then of course the Super Bowl is February. I was at Alex's house and I met Clark there and Clark plays Ethan in Love, Simon. So I was like, oh, I'm so happy for him. Um, but anyway, yes, I went and saw that and I'm going to go see it again. It was that good. It's just, like I said, it's such an important movie, especially if you are LGBT. It's a bit of a fairy tale. I will say that, like the way that it it, it, <laughs> it wraps up the film. It's, mm-hmm. it's 
in such a pretty package that if you are LGBT identified, you know that to not be realistic. Right. But uh, I guess they had to respect the book because it's, it's based off of a book and it was a fantastic film. Everybody did so great. Uh, lots of twists and turns and it's like a whodunit. I'm mm. not going to give it away. You got to check it Did out. Did you like it better than Call Me By Your Name? I, You know what? I always tease Kendall, a uh, former co-host of this show. Kendall stands for Call Me By Your Name. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really like Call Me By Your Name because for me, it was a bit triggering. It seemed predatory. Mm. Like the boy was 17. The older guy was like in his mid-20s. And I felt like... The family, every with everybody kind of like aiding and abetting. Sorry if you guys haven't seen the movie, but I mean shit. Uh, with the family kind of aiding and abetting in their relationship, I felt like that was counterproductive because y'all knew that this 20-some-year-old man wasn't going to stay here and be your 17-year-old uh, son's boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Like, y'all knew that. And so the boy ends up getting his heart broken, and the movie closes with like 10 minutes of credits of him just sobbing because the guy has moved on. <laughs> and and got I think he has a, I can't remember if it's a wife or a girlfriend but it was just triggering in that like I always make jokes about my own dating experience and say that I I've been a, a kickstand every meaning, day a seventeen year old meaning yeah. um meaning like I've habitually been like a pit stop for a lot of men in particular cis het men uh, that they just come and lay their burdens down and I'm their emotional mule and cook them a few meals, spend the night. Like they'll play yeah. with my emotions and play with my feelings. But the next cisgender woman that comes along, it's just, oh, toss Char to the side. Like yeah. put Char back on the bookshelf and expect me to still be there. So it was, it was like I said, it was a little triggering for me and it seemed predatory. I think I would have maybe respected it more if they were peers, but because yeah. they were not. And I was once upon a time a 16 year old who was involved with a 25 year old. And it we just- talked about it didn't call me by I enjoyed Love Simon a so do more. you feel because I've been hearing things from black people saying that they don't feel like their experience like they couldn't really relate to it because like the cast is white do you feel to Love Simon yeah I mean yeah I, it's not it's not the most I, I like I can relate to certain aspects I right. can relate to Simon who's the the main character and I could also relate to his girlfriend Leah um and you have to see the movie to understand why but I mean it's like Tons of movies prior to when we started getting adequate representation right. in Hollywood where you have to kind of kind of dissect a character to be able to relate to them. Right. And so that's that's kind of what it was. But it was not reflective of my own high school experience. It's still a great movie, great story. But there were aspects of the story that I was like, wow, I remember that happening. Or I remember feeling that way because yeah. he has to come out. Like it's a, it's a, it's a lot of stuff. I'm excited so. to see it. Yeah, it's good. I think that you're going to enjoy it. I think that you're going to enjoy it. I remember a lot, better, a lot of LGBT films coming out. Yeah, that's why I've been pushing for everyone to see this because, I mean, we changed the landscape with Black Panther. Mm -hmm. And if we can get more representation, even with the Love, Simon, that will open the doors for a lot more other maybe black stories to be told and things of that nature. Trans stories. Who knows? You know, Um, I also went to an event. I have to shout out Stacey Ike. We used to work together on a network. Uh, she now is like on own and she's doing a lot of stuff, but she has a collaboration with Bumble, the Bumble app. And she did something for Women's History Month on Sunday and I went to that. And then of course, happy birthday to Reverie founder Damien and Aaliyah. Aaliyah. I went to their birthday. They had a joint birthday party at the Standard. It was a pool party. So that was that was my weekend, aside from, you know, the typical nonsense in the news as far as the L.A. rain. We're undergoing a 
the Pineapple Express, a horrible storm. The blizzard in New York right now. St- well, I'm not concerned about New York. No shade, NYC listeners. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I mean, technically, my sisters. That's another thing. I feel so bad because I forgot to tell my sisters happy birthday last week. Their birthday <gasps> was Saturday. What? Uh, I for I I forgot. Shit. Was it on your calendar? Happens. No, it doesn't need to be. I only have two siblings and they're twins. That's one birthday to remember. Um, And I sure I forgot (laughs) on air, but I didn't forget in real time. I forgot the Wednesday prior. Oh, got you. Like I didn't forget to tell them happy birthday. birthday. I forgot when we recorded last Wednesday. So they are now twenty five, and they are both still on their they're not in new york but they can't get back to new york they're on vacation but they can't get back because of the snowstorm yeah, yeah. they were supposed to fly back today so uh yeah and then we have of course stefan clark black lives matter this is the God. the guy that you know the what was it sacramento was shot, police yeah shot, shot like 20 backyard, times in his backyard times. wait what no, 20 times. this yeah. just happened like two, earlier this week on monday they thought that he had a weapon and he only had Was a this the guy phone. in the wheel- wheelchair? No. No. He's he 22, was... black male mm-hmm. in Sacramento, I believe. Yeah. And they shot him 20 times and mm-hmm. tried to say that, I think there were two separate reports that he had like a crowbar and then he they thought he had a, it was just his cell phone and he was in his own backyard. Um, so I'm sure that there will be more developments to that story. Of course, uh, if you all have not been keeping up with the Austin, Texas bombings that have right. been, that they refuse to call terrorism, even though <laughs> black people have been specifically targeted. I guess the guy, they zeroed in on him today and he mm-hmm. ended up detonating a bomb on himself and blew yeah. himself up in his car. Yeah. He was 23 years old and a white male. Caucasian. Of course. Um, and then, of course, uh, also, I, this is just so doomsday. Great Mills High School in Maryland. There was a shooting. Um I think this is the 17th or 18th of this year. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I've said all I need to say about gun control yeah. and how civilians don't need access to assault rifles and AR-15s. So I'm not going to turn blue in the face with this show, uh, spouting my views with that. I'm going to the March for Our Lives uh, protest march uh-huh. here mm-hmm. in L.A. this weekend, this Saturday. So, really? Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm going to look that up. Was it called March for Your Life? March for Our Lives. Yeah. Okay. It's so happening important. around the country. Um, I think it starts at 9 a.m. and 9 to 1 at Pershing Square. Yeah. Los Angeles. So Take notes. Yes. Oh, yeah. And the L.A. Marathon. I, did, I didn't realize how long the trail was. It starts at the mm-hmm. Staples Center and ends at Santa Monica Pier. Yeah. Oh, hell no. Wait, Staples Center? I thought it was I mean, Dodger the Stadium. Dodger Stadium. That's yeah. what I meant. And ends at the Santa Monica Pier. I looked up the map this past week and I was like, ain't no, you couldn't. Pay I wouldn't me even drive that. To protect <laughs> <Right. laughs> Hello. You could not pay me to run that. Oh, oh yes. my god. And it had twenty four thousand participants. I wonder who made if all twenty four thousand made it to the finish line. Yeah. But uh let's get into this LGBT corner. And now it's time for the LGBT corner. So this week's LGBT corner goes out to my fave. I'm so glad this this could not have happened on a better week because you know when I once upon a time Jason and I had a topic discussing one of our favorite shows, which is Sex in the City, and we talked about characters that we related to the most. <laughs> and when I said Miranda Hobbs, everybody scoffed. Everybody scoffed. I love but Miranda. I that's who I relate to. But I'm a mix of Miranda and Samantha. Don't ask me how it works, but it works. <laughs> I can We're the see same. That. So. Uh, <laughs> Mm, okay. So you have uh, a tip of Carrie too, for sure. I don't think I have any Carrie. I think I have more Charlotte than Carrie, because um, mm. I can be a bit conservative. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But yeah, so uh, Cynthia Nixon, who played Miranda Hobbs on the Sex and the City franchise, she announced that she's running for governor of New York City. Mm-hmm. And I'm happy for her. There have been people coming out with disparaging things. Like someone brought up her sexuality, calling her an, an unqualified lesbian. I don't know uh, what that has to do with what anything. What does that have to do with her ability to govern? I, I don't know what that has to do with anything. But I liked her little campaign. Did you guys happen to see the, the yeah. video that she posted on social media? Yeah, I didn't. It dropped on Monday. That's how she announced it. It was oh, like a okay. Beyonce album. Yeah. And she just dropped a video. It's a nice on, little lemonade. nice little PSA about how she is born and bred from yeah. New York City and she and what the reason why I have faith in Cynthia Nixon is that I know that she I became privy to her political views during this last election cycle because mm-hmm. she was with her, like I was with her. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. Hillary Clinton, for those of you all who don't remember the slogan, the campaign slogan. But that's when I really became privy to okay, Cynthia, okay. Okay, you see it for what it is, and she's a, a, a an ally to LGBT people. She's bisexual herself, so um, yeah, I'm, I'd be interested to see how this pans out for her. And with the way that politics are in this nation, the current state, it's not so far fetched of a thought to think of Miranda Hobbs running New York City, right? Right. And that's the Sex in the City three I'd like to see. Hello. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, so yeah, let's get into the first topic. Okay, so my topic, (laughs) which I haven't given much thought to, but I know something will come to me. Last night while journaling, I was watching, um, catching up on a lot of pop culture news as I always do. I have this, these rituals, like we're literally, I'm so nosy that I will check news beats before I go to sleep. Mm -hmm. And when I wake up in the morning, that is the first thing that I do after I thank God for another day. Go straight to the news beats as Good Morning America is playing in the background. I'm crazy. But what I wanted to ask you all is, has there ever been a low point in your life that turned out to be a blessing in disguise? And what prompted this topic was I was, uh, I mean, there's been a lot of examples of it in the media as far as breakups, divorces, firings from people's jobs like I've read a lot of like uh I follow a lot of beauty um influencers Mm -hmm. so reading a lot of their posts like I got fired from Mac and now look what I'm doing you know like you know things like that and then of course we've seen glow-ups within breakups I'll use Tina Knowles Lawson as an example that was a glow-up and and then of course uh Kathy Griffin who I've always liked she's a hometown hero she's from Chicago um, we know that she kind of went through it yeah. after holding up the head last year. And now she is back touring in the United States. Good for her. And she sold out Carnegie Hall. Good for her. Sold out. So that's that's really big. And then people like Tamar Braxton. I don't know what Tamar's bounce back is, but, you know, she just shaved her head. Her birthday was Saturday as well. Happy birthday. Um, she just shaved her head. So we'll see if this will be a pivot for her because they say when typically when women – you know the old saying, like when women drastically change their looks, that means that their life is headed in a different direction. So my overall question to you all is, like I said, has there ever been a low point in your life that turned out to be a blessing in disguise? Because sometimes these things take years to reveal themselves. Mm-hmm. Do you want to start with Melanie? Because you said you had an example. Sure. I don't know how deep we want to get. Uh, oh, we, we get deep okay. on the kiss and tell. Mm-hmm. Okay. We deep in these couches, these all green <laughs> situations. Um, well, my low point happened at the beginning of the year. Uh, of this year? This year, 2018. Okay. Um, it had been building up for about a decade. And finally it hit ahead. And I wound up in a mental hospital. 
for severe, like major depression and uh, really bad anxiety. And um, yeah, that is like the lowest of the low. You know, it was really traumatic the first 24 hours, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I had been ever since college, I've kind of always had like these dark um, thoughts and just low self worth. I kind of look at self-esteem and self-worth a little bit differently, but um, just always, you know, I'm the hardest person on myself and what I do to, we all are. yeah. And what I do to kind of cope is just add more work for right. myself, which is not the healthy thing to do mm-hmm. that I've learned. Um, so yeah, it just, you know, I had my first like suicidal ideation in college mm-hmm. and I had just, you know, went to the bathroom of my dorm and just took whatever pills I could find in the, in the cabinet. It was a lot, it it was a lot of Advil, (laughs) not going to lie. But um, yeah, like cold medicine, the whole thing. And I just took a little cocktail and all I did was get sick and uh, felt very dumb after that. And so that's always kind of, you know, depression is like an ebb and flow. Like you'll have days where you feel amazing Mm -hmm. and then you'll feel, you'll have days where, you feel like you cannot get out of this like spiraling mm-hmm. thing that you're in. And so at the beginning of the year, it was a weird thing, like you said, how it reveals itself later. Um, you know, in, two th- in around this time in 2017, this time of year, I had left an agency, a PR agency that I was at for five years. Um, I was just like overworked and tired and just underpaid. Yeah, yeah, just (laughs) not into it anymore. And I was the senior person there. So a lot of my time was spent there and working. And I left and I had a lot of clients that wanted to leave, which is a blessing. Um, So that's kind of I kind of fell into starting my own like small freelance agency. And so I was doing that, doing that. And then literally on my birthday, I randomly went to like lens crafters to get some glasses and they do an eye exam and they took my blood pressure and the lady was like, your blood pressure is at 200 over like 150 or something like that, something crazy. And so I kind of just was shook, you know, to my core and put everything to a stop and had to go. I decided to I was freelancing at an agency at the time. Um, that summer and decided to go in-house just so I could use that health care, you know? Right. I didn't know where to begin. Oh, cr- with, right. right. I didn't know where to begin <laughs> going. Yeah. Without, right. you know? And it's such a daunting process exactly. on top of that. Exactly. Like, yeah. And my parents are tried and true Kaiser Permanente. Shout out to Kaiser. <laughs> so once I was turned 26 and I wasn't on that insurance, I didn't really know, like, I mean, to be completely honest, like my mom was still making my doctor's appointments for me. Mm-hmm. Adulting at, 101. Yeah, at 26. And, and it's not like the American school system or anything like grooms us for taxes no. or health care. Yeah. It's just like you're just out there. So it was just so overwhelming. So I wasn't really going to the doctor. I would go to like Planned Parenthood for like pap smears and stuff, like stuff I knew I needed to do. Mm-hmm. But um, so I just went, transferred from part time to full time at this agency so I could have some health care and start getting things checked out. So a lot with that, I had to put the business on hold because now I was going back full time at an agency um, and I'm still there now. It's not where I want to be at all, basically. So that that <laughs> takes a toll <laughs> like um, and it just started to build up. And then the severe depression kind of started creeping back in and 
it has for the past couple of years, but I've always just dealt with it. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of us do that, especially within the black community. We don't talk about mental health enough. It's kind of seen as a taboo. And so you tell your friends, I'm going to be okay. Or, you know, I mean, no shade to any religion, but you're like, I'm just going to read a Bible verse or go pray. to church and pray. Mm-hmm. And that that might help for a lot of people, but it doesn't always help that that thing is still there. Well, faith without works, that's the verse. Right. And but sometimes you need assistance with the works. Yeah. Like it's it's, it's yeah. a lot. I feel yeah. like we all are out here to a certain degree. Yeah. We are all out here functioning. Exactly. Yeah. just functioning, functioning period function yeah. like literally <laughs> functioning and all it takes is one the even the slightest curveball to make any right. one of us collapse right and like we're all <laughs> you know you see on social media a lot self-care this and self-care that yeah. and i think people have kind of romanticized self-care to be like i'm gonna go get a massage today or i'm gonna right. do a facial mask and that's not burn some incense it's interesting that you just said because i just saw a, a post um a few weeks ago that mentioned that you know some self-care isn't always 20 dollar lush bath mm-hmm. bombs and all of these things that like you said how people yeah. romanticize it sometimes self-care is a damn nap right sometimes and, self-care yeah. is journaling burning your yeah. favorite candle like it can come in many different forms going or to see a movie take yourself out on a date right and girl if you can if, afford that ex- and that girl part. if you can afford to go get a massage and a pedicure and a manicure in the same day is that really <laughs> is that really self-care if you're breaking the bank to like, i'd much rather take myself out for a nice meal yeah. table for one yeah so i uh <laughs> self-care for the weekend you stress that on monday come exactly. on i got no money for lunch right, <laughs> right. that's not self-care. i spent my lunch money on a pedicure yeah so uh at the end of january i think beginning of february i um called the suicide hotline because it got that bad and uh they were like we're either gonna send police to your home to come get you or you need to call someone to come take to take you to the hospital so um and they don't play like i said you know what i can call someone to drive me because i wasn't in the condition to drive because that was stirring my suicidal thoughts like i wanted to end it by like Mm -hmm. a car accident or carbon monoxide so getting in a car and driving to Cedars was not like the best idea. So I called my best friend. It's like 8 a.m. And um, she was like, yep, I'm on my way. So she took me to Cedars. They held me there in their psych ER for like 24 hours, which is annoying because all you can get is like CNN on the television. And you're just. Oh, my yeah. God. They gave me seen the world devastation. I would. I would have right. right. I would have loved some like a Real Housewives marathon. <laughs> right. Or something or something to put me in good. Some HBO. Right. Hey Arnold, right. The View. Something, Wendy. Jesus. Something to make. Something. You know me. I'd be requested. <laughs> yeah. like that. Can I get Ellen? Ellen right. puts everybody in exactly. a good mood. <laughs> and I was there for eight out. hours. And they mm. just were like, well. We got to wait for a bed to open up. And they kept saying that. And so um, the nurse comes over and she's like, okay, we're going to transfer you to a mental facility. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Um, and she goes, so the ambulance will be, I said ambulance. Because first thing when you hear ambulance, I think of is money. Yes. Bill, right. I'll take a damn Uber, bitch. I'll That's what I told her. <laughs> That's what I told her. I will take a Lyft Uber line. Pool. Okay. <laughs> right. I had, I had no, um, you know, I had no like lacerations or anything. So yeah. I was like. I just I could sit in the back seat of an Uber pool right. to or have, a, have an officer take me. Right. So they were like, "No, we have to transport you in the hospital and all this stuff." And you know that <laughs> sent me in a spiral. Which I is like, another thing that's unfair because yes. you call these people because you were in a moment of desperation. Yeah. I imagine you yeah. were you you were in despair, and and they insisted that you go to the hospital. Yeah. And now it's like the hospital. Like when you think about the costs and the fees, mm-hmm. that can be enough to send you 
back into right. depression. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's already yeah. a lot of us. I mean, bump living in L.A. Just in general, a lot of millennials are one paycheck away from homelessness. 100%. Literally Hello. one. And then you want to tack out a, a, a couple yep. hundred dollars for this and a couple. To take oh, an that ambulance was a, a mile. Yeah. Wow. It was a thousand dollars. A thousand dollars. Wow. Shit. Yeah. Thank thank God for insurance. So so what ended up happening? So I went to the. <laughs> So I've never seen One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, um, but uh, it was, I guess, kind of like that, a mixture of that and uh, Orange is the New Black. So mm. you go in, you get there, it was this place in Alhambra, uh, no frills, you know, and they have different wards. So I was in um, I was in one of the adult wards and they separate them from people that are just dealing with like regular, I shouldn't say regular, but standard standard maybe, mental yeah. health baseline problems mm-hmm. yeah and then you have a different adult ward that where people are throwing things and like yeah. yelling banging and stuff Jesus Lord and so they keep you separate and we shared a unit with the eating disorder people and um yeah so they have eating disorders like Cutting. domestic violence mm. yeah the whole thing th- yeah. while you're in there and i was on a 5150 which also like really wrecked me and had me shook because like What's what a is 51, that? Yeah. So a 5150 like is a, is a uh, state law, like, psychiatric hold. So you have to be there for 72 hours minimum. Whoa. Got it. And you're, okay. So it's, like, lockdown. You're not allowed to leave. Yeah. They confiscate everything. It's not like those rehab facilities you see, you know. Where you got su- your phone. Yeah, in Sunrise, Arizona. And yeah. it's just, you know, chill. <laughs> right. Like, no. You, Parfait yeah. for breakfast. Yeah. 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 They, take all your, they take all your clothes. Uh, they give you scrubs. They made me take my shoelaces out of my tennis mm-hmm, shoes. Mm-hmm. Um, you're in a room. You're sharing a room with other people. And um, there's nothing in the room that you can use to harm yourself. Uh, the bathroom is terrible. Communal. Yeah. Uh, and I was in a room with two other people. One lady had these uh, night terrors, I guess. But she was also severely racist. And Like, I'm oh, talking... <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking like when we would have group therapy, she would get up if a black person sat next to her or she wow. would ask other people to move so she didn't have to sit next to black. So all of us black people that were in there, we were all giving each other, you know, the look that yeah, we all the nonverbal like, communication. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so I had to share a room with her and I got there at like one o'clock in the morning. So she was already asleep. And uh, I remember walking in and she wakes up or yeah, she wakes up. It was pitch black in the room. And she goes, that nigger better not touch my shit. And I'm like, well, welcome to welcome right. like, to peace and happiness. Girl, really? <laughs> and so I woke up the next morning. I didn't really sleep. I was so anxious. My teeth were chattering. And mm-hmm. um, so I didn't really sleep. I woke up at like 6 a.m. And, you know, they come in and check on you every 15 minutes with mm-hmm. a flashlight. And so and they don't care. It, it's it's it was eye opening because. They don't care that they leave the door open after you after they've come and checked on you. Like yeah. I found myself being like, "Okay, so can you close the door back cuz that light from the hallway is really glaring." Right. Yeah. They don't care. They'll just leave it wide open. They'll close it when they feel I, like it. It's I wonder where like a trans person would go. Yeah. For mm. safety reasons. Maybe there's on separate ward. They didn't, I didn't That's see. very rare that you get a separate ward for trans. That's yeah. extremely rare. Chicago just, um, like the Cook County prison or whatever, like literally within the past like two years, I want to say developed like a trans ward. Yeah. Mm. I didn't see any um, or hear of any trans people there, but they were. No, I was just saying like in theory. Yeah, which, yeah, yeah. You know, where would you. Well, the facility I was at was very like accommodating. Okay. Um, so 
yeah, I had to room with her the next morning. I get up and, you know, they serve you cold breakfast. <laughs> and uh, there's like levels to everything. So if you get up to level two, you get to go walk across the the walkway to the cafeteria. Oh, like little rewards. Yeah, it was it was that. And so we had like group therapy every hour on the hour. You get like 15 minutes of uh, uh, sunshine to go outside. And it was just, it was rock bottom for me, you know, like calling my friends from a pay phone and like they have mm. to vet the numbers and mm-hmm. make sure it's How okay. How did you get the, did you have the numbers memorized or did they give you I access had, to your cell phone? I had one number memorized. When they intake you, they say to you, get everything out of your phone right, that you need right. and they'll let you write it down. So what was your turning point when you realized that this was a blessing in disguise? I guess when I got out, I had, it's and it sounds so cheesy to say, but I had this new outlook on life, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the workers there, he was like, do you remember me? I was the person who brought you in. And I was like, yeah. And he said, you, you just even visibly look better. better. And um, he was like, you know, uh, I'm not really supposed to give people this advice, but you seem like you have a life to go back to. That was really uh, eye-opening, too. Um, even my racist roommate, she was homeless. So she didn't have anywhere to go. And Jesus. a lot of people didn't have anywhere to go. Yeah. And the state makes them kick them out after two weeks. The long, that's as long as they can stay. Oh, wow. And so um, it was that. And then the guy kind of was like, you know, just when you start getting those thoughts, think about this place. You know, even though you feel like it really How you helped. don't want to go back. Yeah. Ever exactly. Again. And he was like, even though you say that it really did help you, which it did, that's not a place that I that you want to want to go back to. So You know what? I just having this conversation, it reminds me of uh, last week's Eon Le Fix My Life, mm. where she was helping these brothers that had been like separated in the system. Both parents were drug addicts. It was like seven brothers. One ended up dying. But one of the gay, there were two gay ones. Mm. And one of the gay ones was mentioning how he was suicidal and how he she asked him how often does he think about it? And he mm, said every day. every day. And what stood out to me is she said, you don't want to die. You just want to stop hurting. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that was so profound for me because it was like, damn, like, I mean, I, th- I feel like we all to a degree have had like thoughts of, Oh my God, this shit is so hard. Things aren't improving. Yada, yada, yada. Mm. But at the base of it, I think it's safe to say that, that's literally what it is. Mm-hmm. You want to stop hurting. Yeah. You don't want to, because you know it's going to affect everyone around you and yeah. yada, yada, yada. But you you want to stop hurting. Yeah. That was a big, that was a big takeaway um, from the episode for me. Yeah. Um, the day after I got out, I, and what was so wild, and, um, you know, I've kind of taken a step back from religion and all of that but you know there's a verse that says you know you lead a child you raise a child and mm-hmm. train up a child in the way that you go yeah. so when they get all they want to part yeah. with no. so i i <laughs> uh you know PK. that i always come back to that and you know you have those moments where you're like i know that was you god because mm. that monday mm. i think i got checked in on a wednesday monday i called the therapist because i knew I knew I needed to get help, you know? And, like, in order to keep this mm-hmm. going, I'm going to need to be able to check in with someone. Yeah. yeah. So before yeah. I even got checked in, I had called the therapist and made an appointment for Saturday. The issue started becoming I didn't know that I was going to make it wow. to Saturday. Mm. So that's why I, you know, went to the hospital yeah, and all that. Right, right. So it was, like, one of those things when I came out, I was, you know, I was I was feeling so, like, full and fulfilled and positive after leaving the hospital and it was just like oh well girl you have therapy tomorrow like 
Right. Right on time. Right on time. And did that. And, you know, now I'm on medication and all of that. And that's helping me cope. And um, but I mean, it every day is not a good day. Like today was I was spiraling today mm-hmm. and I had to leave work early just to go take a nap so I could, mm-hmm. you know, come here and be- recharge. Yeah. And, stuff. and um, you know, I think people need to have real realistic expectations of themselves, you know, and really listen to their bodies. And I, I found that as failure, you know, um, just because I am busy and I do work a stressful job. And mm-hmm. so me feeling like I needed to, I had to get that low. I'm still processing that through a lot of therapy, feeling like I failed, you know? Yeah. And so people hold on to that pride and they don't want to talk about it. They don't want to get help or for whatever reason. And it's, um, you're really doing a detriment to yourself, you know? Yeah. Well, I think you in particular, like you're very like successful and, you know, you've been doing this PR gig for as long as I've known you. Yeah, since college. Um, Yeah, since college. And it's just like, for, it's funny that you're sharing the story now because, um, I have in most recent years, this past week, I think I tweeted like I'm going to go get a therapist this year because there's a lot of things where I think structurally my life is okay. And like, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm in LA, we're doing the podcast, like Mm -hmm. seemingly on Instagram, things are fine and dandy, but in my head, that may not be the case. Most Um, black millennials that I know, especially women have therapists. Yeah. I don't have like an overwhelming amount. Mm -hmm. Even my friends here, like uh, I don't, I don't have one either. Yeah. I I have like my journals and my mom. I I could probably benefit from one too. Yeah. I definitely, I, I, I'm glad to the point where I need one. Cause I've been like, okay, I could get past like, you know, I could kind of like operate function. Like you said, Char. Mm -hmm. Um, but I'm getting to the point where it's like, I, I get anxiety attacks Mm -hmm. and like, I'm done for 24 hours Mm -hmm. and I need to, really just be actively like helping my mental health and just really yeah. uh, getting an outside person to kind of help me get to that place where I'm just like, woo because right. I, I feel does, myself getting worse and worse. It does get a lot. I was, I was sharing with one of my friends that, um, and I don't want to, you know, go on these tangents about what, what have you, but what I was saying is I didn't develop anxiety until I got older, but it's something about, putting everything on myself that creates anxiety. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, we watch these shows, we read these books, we listen to people's experiences. I think that's why I enjoy autobiographies because I love reading different people's stories and what they went through and how they got out of it. But it's, to me, I guess what was driving the anxiety, and I don't know if this is going to sound so whiny of me, but whatever, is how, like I said, how everything's in your lap. Yeah, Faith without work is dead, but you got to do the work. Sometimes the thought of that is just too much for me. Like only you are in control of your happiness. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. that's sometimes that's too much too for much. me. Yeah. That's too much for me to put on my shoulders. Yeah. You have to do the work. And it's like, I, I get it. Help. I understand that. And I honor it to be what it is. But I'm just saying that occasionally that can trigger anxiety for me because it's like, bitch, I need a break. But I feel like, and just like our guest last week, Tracy said, sometimes, you know, your break is, is a month and sometimes it's five years and yeah. that's okay. Um, but it, it, it just becomes overwhelming with the thought because it's true that mm-hmm. only you, like you're in control of your happiness. Only you can make your dreams come true. Only you can do X, Y, and Z. Only you, 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 you. But that does not ease my anxiety of yeah. it. And I, I think, too, <laughs> even you just saying, like, well, I don't know that I totally – I mean, people look at 
at having a therapist, I think the generationally the stigma is changing. Like how you said, you know, a lot of black millennials that do oh, have yes. therapists. I hope that one day people will just be open about it because I sit in therapy. I've only been in therapy now for like a month, right? Because mm-hmm. I just came off of this. Right. But I'm sitting in therapy like, holy shit, there's so much to unpack mm-hmm. that I've buried mm-hmm. or it's, thrown aside. And it's aside. good that you found a therapist that you like because yeah. that's what's kind of been keeping me away from it because right. conversations that I've had, people are like, girl, this is my fourth one and I haven't connected. Or yeah. gotta, like I would love to be able to walk into my ideal therapist. And yeah. my ideal therapist would be a black woman, whether yeah. she be cis or trans. Yeah. I would like a black woman. And, I, and I'm thinking of switching. I don't not like my therapist, but my therapist is great in the sense of, He's he gives me more like counselor vibes, Got like you. problem solving. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas what I need is someone to ask me a bunch of questions so I can then start to unpack right, yes, right. the basis. I had a of therapist in, in high school. My mom put uh, us in therapy after her and my father divorced. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel like That's I needed very responsible. it. Responsible. I didn't feel like I needed it, but she did. And my therapist, I, I enjoyed her, Doctor Rick Scheim. She yeah. was a Jewish woman. Yeah, and I enjoyed her. Sometimes I ditched. I mean, I was like seventeen, even though my parents got divorced when I was fourteen. Yeah, but I guess my mom just was like, "Y'all need to go." Like we got pets and everything, but that. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, Melanie. yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I had no idea, and like. Yeah. And a lot of the times you you just yeah, won't. And if, exactly. if God forbid, well, thank God that you did not harm yourself. But that would have yeah. been the overarching theme. Mm-hmm. Had she is. You never know. Yeah. I, I didn't know. Yeah. Um, glad that you're here with us. And thank you for sharing thank your story. You. I think a lot of people are going to be reconciled with it's our story. It's going to be beneficial. Touched. Yeah. I, the reason I felt better about, I felt a lot of shame at first. But I think the reason I felt better about talking about it. I finally just like made a post on Facebook because a lot of people were hitting me up. I work in a social environment and right. yeah. I'm always out. And you ain't coming out for Thursday yeah, drinks like anymore. I'm not like, where the hell is she? Active. Been? I'm taking three days just to respond to a text message, which yeah. is unlike me. Oh, so, I can isolate myself too. Yeah. So I said <laughs> to them, you know, this is why, girl, because your girl is depressed and yeah. she's taking her SSRI cocktails and <laughs> in therapy. Mm-hmm. And so that was overwhelming, but it was good because I got a lot of messages from people that were like, you know, I've been thinking about it. And so now I can't I can't say that I'm in this place where I'm better because, like I just said, like today wasn't even a good day. Right. Monday wasn't a good day. But Tuesday was. Yeah. You know, so um, it's just kind of like, well, hopefully it helps some other people. Mm-hmm. And to even just even if they don't feel that they're at rock bottom, just to find someone that does not know you, yeah. that can't judge you. That doesn't no have bias. preconceived yeah, right. notions yeah. just to talk to and check in with. I know you just helped a lot of people, Melanie. I hope so. Yeah. I, I know you did. Yeah. Um, Jace, so, has there ever been a low point for you that's, that has been a blessing in disguise? Um, low points. Um, there is my, when you gave me that topic, I immediately thought about uh, me moving back to New York against my will. Um, there's a lot of different um, scenarios that were going on, but I actually moved back to New York for somebody else, um, which I knew was going to fall apart. And when we eventually broke up soon after, I kind of knew, all right, so do I go back to L.A. and continue on with my life or do I stay in New York and kind of just figure it out all over again? Um, I lived in New York before for over a year and this go around was kind of like, all right, now I'm single. I have to start from scratch again. And I moved out here for somebody else. Um, and I literally had to start from the beginning. And that was a very low point because I just, I didn't, 
I had lost my boyfriend. I had lost so much money, energy, time, and I moved as a package and ended up being solo dolo. Mm-hmm. So I learned how to go on Craigslist, um, find this random ass job, um, working at a restaurant. I had asked my friend David, "Hey, David, I have this boyfriend in you know Harlem. You stay over there a lot. So your apartment in Jersey, you know, can I kind of crash there for a little while?" Mm-hmm. And that point where I remember, I remember because Jay's being the Capricorn, the Capricorn Aquarius that he is. I remember just kind of like being like solid man. Like I'm here. I'm going to, nothing's going to stop me. And I remember having training at this restaurant job and I guess I, I was moving in to my apartment in Jersey and they called me like, Hey, where are you? Like you're supposed to be here for training. And I'm just like, Oh shit. Like, I'm sorry. Let me go drop off some stuff at my apartment and come back to the city came back to the city and meanwhile I had not cried at all and my manager looked at me and said like are you okay and I literally fell apart in the middle of the restaurant and like boo hit him I was like oh my god it's all my boyfriend <laughs> like literally just like I came in here in training in training and he's like oh my god come back so I like, took him to the back and I'm just like all he had to ask me are you okay and that was that yeah. triggered me oh, yes. into a spiral <laughs> and, I was, and he was just like what the fuck is wrong with this boy like we just hired him he, sell, he seemed so put together when he came in for his interview and now he's like crying about god knows what and that's kind of like where it all hit me that life wasn't shit and I was working at a restaurant again and it just sucked but in turn, that re- I worked there for an entire year. I met some of my best friends there. I still talk to a lot of my coworkers now who nice. are, like, married. And, like, Sam, like, FaceTimes me, like, once a week. And, you know, that little apartment in Jersey that I was supposed to sublet, I still have shit there. Like, my, I, me and Austin uh, rocked that apartment forever. He actually is moving out next week. That's the one I was telling you guys about mm-hmm. earlier off air. Mm-hmm. And that little apartment, I don't want to move to Jersey. Like, when you go to New York, you like, all right, I'm going to live in Queens. Right, I'm going right, to live in Manhattan. Brooklyn. You don't go to Jersey right. to move across the country yeah. or vice versa. And so that ended up being such a blessing. This little job, funky job I found on Craigslist and this little sublet apartment that I found ended up being such a huge transformative experience in my life and i thank god for it um but i think i had to get to that point of like falling apart (laughs) as my introduction to that whole experience on my life to kind of like really appreciate it Mm -hmm. so for me mine has been mine's really brief uh but mine has been i guess literally for the past year and a half like i'm better today like i mentioned journals and like my mama earlier like Every time I write in my journal, sometimes I'll try to go back because I started journaling consistently March 1st of 2017. Like, that's when Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm going to do it. So, of course, now that we're deep into March, uh, I'll write an entry when I feel like it because I don't do it daily. But I'll always go back and look at, did I write on this day a year ago? And so it's funny looking at things because I had last year was the first time that I can say that I've experienced like a deep like depression like when I say crippling like there were days I couldn't get out of bed like I just physically could not get out of bed and what last year and part of this year has taught me but more so last year is that I like I'm in control like I define myself that has been my blessing my entire 20s has been oh you know I'm not gonna you know bump these relationships and things like that it's all about the career it's all about work but at 30 I can say confidently that no opportunity no job no man nothing can define me but me and I can say that confidently 
even though I'm still working through a lot, because what I noticed is even though I gave 150% to my career for the past decade, in a lot of ways, I do not know all of who Char is. Like I thought mm-hmm. I did. I touted that. Like that's, you know, everybody knows Char says so. You know, I know who I am. You know, yeah. I'm neck rolling, guys. You guys can't see me. <laughs> but I know who I am. But I've learned at 30 that I need to let go of perfection. And I also need to, I should say the quest for perfection. Because no one can be perfect. Yeah. And, um... I also, what's the other lesson that I learned? I mean, I mean, like it's just basically like, it's okay. It's okay to still be finding your way. It's okay to mm-hmm. not have it all figured out. Um, and that's something that I never acknowledged in my 20s because yeah. I thought, oh, I thought that I had it all figured out. I mean, I knew that life still had things to teach me, yep. but it was literally all about, I think even as recently as uh, when Mason interviewed me last year for his blog and I said that if I'm going to bet on anything it's going to be my career that statement still does reign true but I just don't put that much emphasis on it because I realize that even though I'm here to accomplish my dreams and make my dreams come true that life is so much bigger than work yep and I don't think I acknowledge that literally my entire life yeah it's always been about the work it's always been about what I can do and it's because I literally enjoy my line of work but when you are placed in certain situations or dealing with, um, I guess, certain social aspects and certain um, politics of things, when you're really forced to sit with yourself and, and you notice that things or you feel, I should say, you feel as if things are plateauing, it, it kind of forced me to be like, OK, what else? There, yeah. What else? There has to be more to life. Yeah. And so that's what I've just been kind of trying to figure out, because at this point, I can't say that I know, because that's what everybody, everybody around me, all of our peers talk about relationships and career. And I'm trying to (laughs) I'm trying to find because I know there has to be more to this than who I'm laid up with and and what my job title is. I mean, I mean, look at look at our regular everyday interactions. I actually got into like a, a bicker with. Uh, my best friend over this because she had gotten out of a relationship and she's a singer and uh, she was on dating apps just to like pass the time Mm -hmm. and even in our everyday relationships the first thing people ask you is oh what do you do yeah right and that was such a small talk yeah and that was such a triggering question for her and i would be like girl this is normal this is everyday life like get over it like why don't you just tell people you're a singer and she was just like well there's a connotation with that which there is you know and anything entertainment based yeah and so server yeah yeah Yeah. or you're an actor but i start to get it more because like you said you're learning that because I was very much the same in, in my 20s. And, you know, I haven't even been 30 a full year yet. But yeah, I'm seeing... I just turned 30 in January. We okay. both did. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. Um, So I think we're starting to learn that, like, I need to be able to s- say what I'm about. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, the career, like you said, a career is just, like, one part of you. But, like, right. who are you as a person? And I think that's why it's so easy when we're depressed and working in the field that we do in entertainment, it's so easy to seclude yourself because, um, you know, 
people want to know what are you working on right now? What's right. what's going what are you on? Doing? What's and, if, and if shit's and not popping media off, doesn't help. Right. And if yeah. shit's not popping off for you, it's mm-hmm. kind of like, damn, do I really want to go to this party? Like, mm-hmm. you know. So. And I have to add to this that I'm also learning to trust myself again. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I had like it's it's amazing what Facebook has shown me with those damn on this day posts. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm like, the trade in who Dallas. was <laughs> that's different. <laughs> but there's certain aspects that come out that's just like even like I read a status from a couple years ago where I said even on my days off I'm still working da, da, da. like that's how bad I want this and, yeah. and I don't even recognize that girl anymore honestly because it's not and I, I, I don't want to emphasize it's not saying that I don't care about my dream as much anymore I just know that there's there has to be more to this situation yeah. there has to be a scapegoat aside from dating finding a mate if that's your thing or getting your dream job. There has to be some sort of healthy coping mechanism that doesn't involve going out every day and and having a cocktail, meeting up with friends for happy hour. Yeah. There has to be more to this situation. And my there was an opportunity that I was presented with, I shared it with you all on the show where negotiations fell through and I did not get the job. Mm-hmm. Um but that is why I did not like I had started working the job, but because they were not willing to pay me a livable wage, what mm-hmm. I deem a livable wage out here in mm-hmm. SoCal, <laughs> I couldn't do that. But uh, throughout that week of me working that position, I literally was calling 50 million people. Yeah. And that is out of character for me. But I didn't realize because I had gotten so sucked up into the process of it that when it was all said and done and, you know, I had to send in a resignation because you all aren't willing to work with me. You all aren't, mm-hmm. aren't willing to. I had to sit back and say, OK, bitch, like get it together. There's no reason why you should have been convening with eight different industry friends. But that is literally it, it was too many voices in my head. It was people like you should, you know, the experience da, da, da. But it was also people like, bitch, walk away. Mm-hmm. That ain't what right. it is. And so it was like I could not come to a complete decision. And in hindsight, I, I, I the way that I picked that apart is that's because I did not trust myself yeah. when I should have. Because every time I was going into that place, I was not excited. Right. And all of my friends can attest to this because I'm like, this is unusual. Mm-hmm. I've been trying to get into this company. I'm here. I'm in the room. Like, but it's not. Every time I was meeting with them, they were telling me something different. That was the turnoff for me. But I'm like, Shar, you are not, like literally, every time I would Uber back home, there was not a glimmer of excitement aside from when they called me and offered me the position. That is when I was most excited. And I was there for a full, yeah, a full five days. Uh I was not, I was not moved and I should have listened to myself Mm -hmm. instead of calling 20 different people getting their input on the situation. I do the same thing. And, And I just, but that's out of character for me. And so I had to, really sit with that when all you know when when everything had quieted down yeah so that has been my um blessing in disguise yeah. i always say well what i've learned i actually had a meeting on uh monday with someone who's older than me and he asked me how, how old i was and i was like i'm 30 oh you're so young and it's crazy because when you're young you're like 30 is old yeah 30 the, is young as hell but the older i get well, I mean, think about 30s young as hell, but you also think about our parents. At this time, they had houses, mortgages, and babies. Yep. And I feel like that was, societal, that was societal pressure. Yeah. Because I still think that my dad, I think that my father wanted children, but that was not the time for him to have them. Right. But he had the degree and had the wife. So yeah. when are the kids, like, I'm pretty sure they heard that a million and one times. Yeah. And so let's start pumping out the babies. Yeah, the, the older I get, the younger I realize that I actually am. Yeah. Because when you're younger, you think about the age of, I need to have XYZ by 30 or XYZ by 40 or 35 or even 21. And Which I've also let go of at 30. Right. See, I'm still holding right. on to that. No. I still struggle with that. I, yeah. yeah, I think it took me like 
three months before turning 30 to like really let go of that because i was like you know what you know throw it up in the air i think now 45 would probably be triggering for me because right now i'm resting on oh a lot of my faves when i really look at it they didn't really hit their stride until about 32 Mm -hmm. so if i turn up to be the newest castmate on real housewives of atlanta at 43 (laughs) i think i'd have to maybe reassess some things but uh i used to do that all the time in my 20s because then a lot of people like reading star jones book she was like vice president national vice president of alpha kappa alpha and a prosecuting attorney in new york at like 24 yeah. mm-hmm. and then you know destiny's Meanwhile, child was like top of the charts yeah. at like 18 you know like all these different milestones that my faves were making but it's like in hindsight that was like it. literally that was like needles yeah. in a haystack i i had a conversation with a friend um and a, you know after the whole like mental health situation the whole breakdown i was telling her how frustrated i was because i was like i'm 30 dealing with this and she was like do you think you could have dealt with this at 23? No. You know? Mm -hmm. And that really... uh Yeah. Yeah. And I was just like, you right. And she's like, you're doing the work. Like, it doesn't feel like it, but it takes a certain level of maturity to admit to yourself and to trust yourself Mm -hmm. and know that the route you're taking is not beneficial and Mm -hmm. you're going to need to change some things in your life. You're going to eventually end up crashing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Running yourself ragged. Well, let's move on to the next topic. So this past week, um, he's been named Mr. Rice and Cabbage. You guys remember that video that went viral maybe a couple years ago? Yes. The little boy and the um, with the big lips with and the big the thin lips. eyebrows. Uh-huh. I eat my yeah, rice Mars and cabbage. Ass <laughs> so thick, he wanna grab it. Yeah. He is sad, and they were like, "Turn it off!" Turn, Turn it off. Yeah, the, the teacher, teacher was yes. pissed off. Yeah. So Mr. Rice and Cabbage, he came out as straight. Um, a little less than a year ago um, on the social media platforms and people were just like, all right, you're trading now. It's a phase, blah, 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 blah. So now this past week, he actually posted on his Instagram page and people are saying it's his girlfriend. We don't know if, who it is, but he's kissing a girl and, and based- it blew up. I don't know why people care so much, but I get it. Like certain audiences, people I get why they care. are invested in oh, this. Yes. Is this the same guy, the I am delivered guy? No. no. Okay. Not Andrew Caldwell. Okay. Andrew Caldwell is a scammer. He, I mean, not saying that rice and cabbage isn't, but Andrew right. Caldwell is insufferable to me. Yeah, he's he's using This is a different to... boy. He was dark skinned. He was like a high schooler when the video went viral. He had to have been like a sophomore or junior. Yeah, okay. he's twenty one now. Okay. Yeah. Um but, but the video was funny as are well. infatuated with this kid and not only because of the rice and cabbage video but now that he's quote unquote because he was very feminine he was very very feminine feminine. and now he's with laid up with a girl with a girl um so i kind of want my topic goes to um going back to girls so is there a double standard of acceptance when it comes to teeter-tottering with sexual preferences yes um so this guy in particular said that he is now straight and people are demonizing him for doing so yeah for living in his truth what he says is who he is. Um, but when there people is say d- a that he double is standard. gay, people are like, oh, let me embrace you, da 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 And like, pff, from gay and straight people. I don't even see that. I've seen gay people more so like I've seen gay people joking about it on Twitter, but I've seen gay people going off about it on Facebook. And my stance on this is that, listen, what I have grown to know, especially walking in these trans shoes uh, and dealing with men is that sexuality is fluid. I mean, I know it's always said, but it, I feel like it's easier for people to say than to confront. Yeah. And that's not to say 
that, you know, being 100% gay or 100% straight does not exist, even though science says that for the most part, I think it's like you're 80%. Like there's always like a lingering 20% yeah. that you would go. <laughs> um, but that's just the way that that I look at it. Um, people, I feel like people, aside from sexuality being fluid, people have totally just erased the notion of bisexuality. I also think that we need to take into account that this boy is young as hell. And when we, mm-hmm. when he was presenting as gay, and that's not to say that he isn't still gay, but when he was, when he hit the scene, the viral scene, he, like I said, he was about 15, 16 years old. He's yeah. now 21. He's in a high school classroom and, at a desk. And it doesn't matter if you're 15, 16, or if you're 31, even though if you're a 31, I expect a certain level of introspection and soul searching. You shouldn't still be out here playing these games. But if you like what you like, then I say that's what it is. But uh, yeah, there was one of my college colleagues that was that surprised me on Facebook, a gay guy who was really going off about this. And I'm like, and this guy's like a scholar. Like he was like, had like four scholarships in undergrad. And I'm like, sexuality is fluid. And he just refused to entertain that notion. Mm. And I thought that that was fascinating um, because like I said, I've dealt with tons of bisexual men I'd say the overwhelming majority of men that I've been involved with have been bisexual. They may not identify that way, but when I look at it, that's what it was. There were people prior to my transition where I was the only person that was like me that had they had been with. And yeah. I know that to be fact yeah. at the time. I don't know about now. <laughs> <laughs> but when I was younger, I, I, I know, you know, so... That's that's my thought on it. This cabbage and rice or whatever his name is could be running a scam. He could, you know, people love attention in this social right. media phase, but he's definitely stirring up conversation, which I think is necessary. And people need to look at it. I like I said, I've seen like you have, Jace, people demonizing him on both ends, on the gay end and the straight end. I don't get it um, because it's like, OK, you talking shit about him when he is rice and cabbage it up, dropping freestyles. But now he posted up with a girlfriend. You even more mad. Like, I don't. Yeah. And right, some of the comments that I've seen from cis black women in particular have been just awful regarding it. Like, ladies, we you know, I don't even want to get into it. Ladies, but, uh, on the Got a coalition? Because is he is he saying he's straight or is he just saying I'm with a girl? He said he was straight earlier. Uh, it was in the like year. a year ago. Yeah. He made like a post saying that. Okay. He's, and I'm he's no. been present quote unquote presenting, presenting as such. Straight. And when I say yeah. presenting as such, meaning that he has been making he has been such a departure from what we were introduced to him as. Right. right. At least with the, the style that he dresses, snapping, right. like snatched that eyebrows, boy. tight mm-hmm. female clothing. He's mm-hmm. not wearing that anymore, mm-hmm. um, or doing those things anymore. So he's committed. If this is a scam, he has certainly committed to it. Um, but like I said, he is he's adding to the conversation and it's necessary. Like people need to acknowledge that these things are fluid. And I do think that there is a double standard. I remember being when my mom, I was like an eighth grader freshman year. And I remember one of her students was like a lesbian freshman and sophomore year, junior year. She had a baby mm-hmm. and then senior year she was back. Le- and that confused me for the longest. I did not understand how women got to like men were so demonized. Cause I think at the, at the height of it, like the, the conversation about DL men was just starting to bubble right. up. Yeah. And so I didn't for the life of me, I couldn't understand. I mean, I understood of course the secrecy aspect and the betrayal aspect, but there is a double standard because women are given the creative license to experiment and do whatever mm-hmm. they want. Well, see, with whoever they want. I feel like, yes, 
it, it it's uh, easier for women. But I think the underlying thing is that is misogyny and women are looked at a lot of times uh, to be entertainment to men. Mm. And, you know, men are considered, I guess, the driving, you know, the patriarchy. So mm-hmm. it's just like, you know, women, it's like, well, you you always see men who don't want to see two Get two men kissing but if two women oh, they, are making out mm-hmm. and they have to be feminine women yeah they're here for it so mm-hmm. no queen latifas yeah so i think that kind of goes into she just lost her mom yeah, oh, yeah. she R&D. lost her birthday was earlier this week and she lost her her mom on wednesday mm. um so sad yeah i couldn't sad. imagine something like that so, especially so close to my birthday, well, your birthday. yeah Oof. yeah that's a lot to yeah. take in yeah um but yeah, I think they, you know, women are per- permitted that just because it's looked at as, I don't know, in a way trivial. Inter- yeah, entertainment, yeah. like you said, because this is it's hot for uh, you know, a straight man to look at a woman like, oh, they're there's two, they're kissing and they're feeling yeah. good. It's like something like fetishized. Yeah, and even with it. gender, even with gender presentation, like for example, Amber Rose went on a rant today mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. Her of son. her son Sebastian, yeah. who I just adore. But people were calling this little boy yeah. gay for liking Taylor Swift. Yeah, and it's just like y'all for real. <laughs> He's five. Are we really about to do this with a child? Right. I mean, it's just uh, it, 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 the like, double standards. Call, is... Tell him his taste in music is bad. Well, right. <laughs> right. That part. Don't. But she Amber went on a nice little tangent today, and understandably, because you, now you're talking about my child. Like yeah. talking about yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, I've I've noticed it, and I feel like that that adds, of course, to the stigma. That adds to men wanting to be more secretive. That adds to men, that adds to the conversation of it being a revolutionary act to publicly love, proclaim your love for trans people or gender non-conforming people or gay people. Mm-hmm. Um, that, especially, I'm speaking in particular for men, for cis men like that, it, it adds to the stigma because if people really acknowledge that sexuality is fluid and I like what I like, then this wouldn't even be a conversation. Right. Right. And it's, I've shared this before, um, I guess and tell, where one of the big decisions I had to face when I was younger, kind of dealing with my sexuality, was that if I said I liked men, I knew that would be put into a category of he only likes men. Mm-hmm. And so that cut off 50% of people out there that i may be interested and there in are the people future. who do not believe in bisexuality yeah. to, right. in 2018 yeah mm-hmm. that are millennials yeah. that are on our both age sides, group. gay and straight yeah yep From it's just you one, one or the other right. or i've seen where people have said i don't believe in bisexuality in men that's stupid which adds to what um, melanie just said Ooh, excuse me excuse me wine got you turned <laughs> what wine i'm drinking hot chocolate in this cup um, um so but Mel, that, yeah, yeah. contributes to what you said yeah as as straight black woman if you knew somebody, I'm not going to even say like dating wise, but if someone said that, you know, I used to, you saw videos of them back in the day, rice and cabbage, yeah. my ass is grabbing, my whatever the case may be, and they presented as straight mm-hmm. in 2018, mm-hmm. would you question them or would you just be like, all right, he's straight now? I mean, fun fact, I don't think I completely identify as straight anymore. Oh, okay. But um breaking news everyone. <laughs> I've been presenting as such for 30 years, but um I think I would be curious, you know, definitely like, oh, interesting. Interesting history. Yeah, mm-hmm. but listen, if 
this is the truth that he's living, then it is what it is. You know, I think, like you said, the fact that this has become like this big thing and so many mm-hmm. people have an opinion, it's like you don't really get to have an opinion about that mm-hmm. because he has to live with that. And, you know, maybe he'll grow from it. And like you said, maybe in another five, ten years, it'll be different. You yeah. know, so you know what I always and this always catches people off guard when I say this, but I I mean it when I say it. I I know that we are now trying to get away from labels and identifiers and things like mm-hmm. that, and we want this. What I've seen with a lot of the the younger kids is they just want this utopia of nonconformity. Like yeah. they're trying to even get away from women and men. Mm-hmm. I'm still very much binary, and I'm a woman. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't exist anywhere in the middle, and it throws like in conversations. And when I say conversations, I mean like kitchen table talk, game night talk. Mm-hmm. I don't entertain Why? gay men. If you identify as gay, I don't entertain you. And I know that there are plenty of trans women who do, but this one does not. And I know that it's something that I'm still working through. Out of curiosity, can I ask why? Yes, you can ask. I'm going to tell you why. Okay. <laughs> um, because I feel like I am, a, I know that I'm a woman and I feel like with me dating a man who identifies as gay, that is counterproductive to my Mm. entire journey. Mm -hmm. Because gay means that you like the same sex and I'm not a man. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, how could I go around saying that I am a woman that that I know myself to be in, sharing my journey and all of this, and dating a man who could up and leave me for another. And that's not to say that if he doesn't identify as gay, that he can't up and leave me for a man. But I just feel like the probability is greater. Yeah. And everybody would be looking at me like, well, look what you signed up for. You're dating someone who identifies as gay. Now I have no issue with bisexual men, men, which is so, like I said, it's, this is an off putting conversation to a lot of people because they don't understand it, but this is just how I see the world. And I have come across, of course, especially here, tons of like super attractive gay men. But I just I I draw draw it all the way back. Mm. I've had gay men, well, men that identified as gay, even like pursue me. I have no interest. Yeah. What if? Okay. So what about this scenario? Not yours in particular, but I know that there's men out there who have who are date only women, and then dated a guy once and then went back and that's they weren't really gay per se but they just liked that person well see i'm not putting the label on you uh-huh. if i'm saying if you self-identify yeah. as gay uh-huh. i don't want anything to do with you romantically i'm not okay. saying like oh he dated a guy he gay yeah i'm not saying i'm saying, I'm if, saying what if, if they you, just like you for you i'm not interested I'm not interested hmm. because you identify as gay. I feel like everybody should be pansexual and just like whoever they want. You know? <laughs> How about that? No, I, I, I am. I, I know. Like I said, this is it's a complicated and it's a layered conversation. But if you self-identify as gay, because I don't identify as gay, right? I throw people off by saying I'm, I'm a heterosexual transsexual. Yeah. Because I, yeah. I always say I love cis men for better or for worse, which is getting even more complicated. Because now I'm starting to look at trans men because cis men are just garbage. Yes, uh, they are. But um, <laughs> but hey. I just cannot, like I said, it's it's just the way my mind works. It's And like I said, maybe I need to unpack some things and get away from some things, but I just cannot identify. And even when, even prior to me transitioning, when I was just gender nonconforming, all of the guys that I entertained were not openly gay. 
okay? It's mm-hmm. so sad to think about. Like my entire dating history, I have never dated a man that was openly gay. Yeah. And I need to unpack why. So my therapist says that there's only two emotions that exist. And we think that there's a plethora of emotions, right? Mm-hmm. So when he said that to me, I was like, okay, what are you Tell talking me. about? Tell me, right. And so he's like, there's only two emotions, love and fear. And love I've has so many connotations, right? Self-love, you know, yeah, if you yeah. have a lot of self-love, that, that seeps out in the love you give others. Mm-hmm. And everything that you are, you know, kind of shying away from is based in fear. So I, I'm not saying that's you, yeah. whatever, but it's helped me identify a lot of well, things it is, about it myself. Is a fe- it is, it, I, will, I will admit that there is a, a degree of fear and that yeah. fear is laced in embarrassment Yeah, because I wouldn't want a man to leave me for a man right. regardless. But like I said, people would tell, well, you know what you signed up for? You're dating a game. And then I don't, but do do those people's opinions matter? I would well uh, when I say people, I'm I okay. mean the people in my head. Okay, because I know that the way I pick apart things, I would beat myself up mentally. Yeah, like oh my god, now he's on social media posted up with so maybe that is a hard ass nigga. Yeah, that's not you know like you know yeah. I can't. There's ways that I just can't even begin to unpack that, and it's not saying that it would be better if he left me for a woman, mm-hmm. but I. As of now, even at 30, if you self-identify as gay yeah, and you've never dated or entertained, like if, you, if your dating history is a long line of, of men, stay out of my inbox. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. That's just how I feel about it. I'm curious what your love life is going like, to look like in the next 10 years. I can't wait to watch. I'd probably be single before I date someone who identifies as gay. I'm not talking about the gay part. I'm someone interested in general. Oh, I'll probably still be single. It wouldn't surprise me we if I was. We don't know that. Don't put that in the universe. I'm just saying it wouldn't surprise <laughs> me if I was. I have a very low, you know I have low patience for a lot of things. So, so Mel, we're going to play a little quick game. Okay. So, um, Shar and I kind of unofficially named it No Ums last week. We yes. Did, no Ums. No Ums. Oh. So, so it's like rapid fire, but you can't say um. There's Oof. no ums. If you get an um, That's you're, like my you're, favorite you get word. kicked off the show for <laughs> okay. like forever. I say um a lot too. Um, so we're going to do a quick round. So let me know when you're ready. I'm swallow this wine. Swallow okay. so that, that pinot. I'm ready. I'm mm-hmm. ready. You ready? Okay. Yes. Quickly. Okay. No ums. Got it? Okay. Okay. I'll try. Pringles or Lay's? Pringles. Salt and vinegar or sour cream and onion? Ugh, sour cream and onion. That was, that was almost an um. <laughs> um I'm a salt and vinegar girl. Pro- I do love I love both. Yeah. The Pringles too. The uh, light blue bottle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Coke or Pepsi? Can sure. <laughs> Coke or Pepsi? Coke or Pepsi? Mexican Coke. The hell is that? Is that like have cinnamon in it? Yeah, it's crack. It's what? It's <laughs> it's Mexican com- cocaine. No, like Mexican oh. Coca Cola <laughs> comes in the <laughs> Tijuana's finest. <laughs> it comes, you know, in the bottle, in the glass bottle, and they got a little oh, cinnamon. They I've got seen little, that before. Like a different they type got a of little sugar. Chata in it. Yeah. Or orchata. Yeah. Rum chata is fake. Um, surge good, soda or yellow mellow? What's the soda? Surge or yellow mellow? I don't know what yellow mellow, mellow is. Mellow yellow, excuse me. So I'm going to say surge. Oh my. Okay, so quick backstory. So Ruth uh-huh. and I went to Rosa Christian. Our chemistry teacher made mellow yellow in high school. Oh. And he's now teaching chemistry. Black coffee or cream and sugar? Cream and sugar. Game of Thrones or Glee? Game of Thrones. <laughs> America's Got Talent or American Idol? America's Got Talent. 
Simpsons or Family Guy? Family Guy. SpongeBob or Patrick? Patrick. Cruise <laughs> or travel by plane? Plane. Riches or happiness? Riches. <laughs> Riches. <laughs> no shade. Come on. Crying. What did they always say? Uh, money can't money can't buy happiness, but it pays for the road. Right. No. And I'd also like to test that theory. Yeah. <laughs> Because everybody has their own definition uh-huh. of happiness. Yeah. Right. So I'd like to test that yeah. theory. No, someone said, uh, the quote is, I'd rather be crying in a Bentley than smiling on the side of a street corner. <laughs> I mean, I- I'd rather be driving my Bentley to therapy. <laughs> right. Hello. <laughs> With our rich-ass therapist. To try to find my way to happiness. Hello. Um, dogs or babies? Dogs. Dogs or cats? Dogs. <laughs> Facebook or Twitter? Twitter. Oh, no ums. You you got like a uh in there, yeah. but like I'll I'll let that pass. Because I like salt and vinegar and sour cream. Yeah, they're both yeah. tasty. I yeah. don't like the sour cream and onion. Really? really? I've never been a fan See, of it. See, I'm salt and vinegar like summer hot days. Okay. Sour cream and onion. I think the only way I can tolerate sour cream and onion is 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 if some dip, some type of dip is involved. I okay. can't just eat them alone. Mm. Yeah. That ranch dip. But I, I, don't like I feel like that's that too much. Really? I don't like ranch. The ranch with what? the sour cream Mm-mm. and onion. It's a lot. It's aggressive. It's I don't like so ranch. Good. Ranch. So I, I liked it as a child, but I grew out of it. Oh, oh my god, it turns my. Did you ever eat ranch on now. pizza? No, see, yes. I never got. I was a ranch. I look at. I don't look at ranch as a sauce. I look at it as a dressing. So I oh. used to. That was my go-to for salads as a child until I discovered the beauty of Italian mm-hmm. and red wine vinaigrette. Mm-hmm. Um, I never was a pizza chicken strip ranch dunker like oh, I uh, live. the thought of mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. give me yeah, some me type too. of mustard give me barbecue give me sweet and sour but you the take ranch. the barbecue wing and dip it in the ranch no ew. Yeah. see I, yeah. I, I choose blue cheese over blue, ranch I do blue che- <laughs> no i'm blue cheese for sure oh I cannot, gosh i gag even at the smell. The better. oh yes <laughs> a buffalo wing with some chunky blue Ooh. cheese sure i agree well look at that oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> i'll take the blue over ranch <laughs> any day when it comes to uh poultry <laughs> so we're gonna do a little quick interview with uh miss publicist over here real quick so Publicists in Los Angeles are like the Olivia Popes of entertainment. What was your most stressful is handled moment? Ooh. That's a tough question. Mm. It's like almost like every other day. <laughs> um, I, I represented a national tanning chain at one point. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> black girl repping a tanning chain. <laughs> the the jokes write themselves. Uh-huh. Um, I use that to my advantage when I have to deal with store owners because uh, it was like a franchise. And one time I flew, the company flew me out to Philadelphia where they're based. And uh, I had to talk to all the owners of all these tanning salons across the nation. <laughs> and we were mm. at the Four Seasons. It was a whole thing. And we were unveiling... Uh, the new like spokes girls for the company. Mm-hmm. One, uh, I and I worked with the CEO of the whole company to handpick these girls. One was like a, a former Playboy mo- Playboy model. The other was like this video vixen, and the other was um, a member of the male the U.S. male gymnastics team. And so we all flew okay. to Philly to present to all these people. Uh, the former playmate got shit-faced and i'm talking about popping zans and oh drinking in the bathroom of her suite that we paid for mm. of the four seasons in philadelphia 
And uh, <laughs> right before that, the CEO decided he wanted me to get to book him on like MS. It was either MSNBC or Fox News to tell people that tanning is good for you. <laughs> and <laughs> I did it. You know, he was on there. He was one of the two talking heads. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a very awkward interview. But he was happy with it, so fine. Okay. So we were coming off the heels of that, and then this girl wants to just, you know, be uh, future, you know, the rapper, <laughs> and like just live her life, mm-hmm. mask on, mask off, yellow. <laughs> so uh, I, we kept calling her room. So we, it was down to the big dinner where we're unveiling. Here are the new faces mm-hmm. of this national. Yeah. I'm talking every other corner tanning salon chain and uh she showed up uh 15 minutes late um she stumbled up on the stage Mm. her she didn't she had it on a white dress with no bra um her nipples were just shining through we're shooting what is wrong with and um it was a mess like she was slurring her words mixed into this story a hundred (laughs) percent and you gotta think the type of people that own tanning salon chains are usually republican and conservative that i've learned from the people that i met i didn't know that yeah that makes sense that w- i was about to say that wouldn't <laughs> surprise yeah me. so you Especially know they, with the orange one in the yeah. white house <laughs> they they laughed a little too hard about me being a black girl repping a tanning ch- you know oh you know what i'm yeah. saying so uh <laughs> so she got up there and just looked a mess i had to take the mic away from her and on stage. On stage. Mid speech. And Slurring. I was like, give it up for her. And, oh. you know, got the golf clap. Jesus. Yeah, I was I th- was thinking about the day 26. Um, the day 26 was awful. Yeah. But I had someone we to blame that on. Project. Yeah. Yeah. A little, a few years ago. <laughs> um, so, as a woman behind the scenes in entertainment and other publicities, uh, what, how do you handle being the HBIC sometimes? Ooh, that's tough. Particularly a black woman. Yeah, that's hard. Um, Everyone, especially when you're in white spaces, uh, which is the majority of the time, uh, you know, there's a lot of things I can't say. Or I I spend a lot of time rewriting emails so that they Mm. don't come across too aggressive. Mm -hmm. Because people just, oh, yeah, people just automatically think... Yeah, people automatically think everything you say has a neck roll. It has a neck roll and a tongue pop. It has a tongue pop, you know, (laughs) and you could just very politely be saying, no, that's not going to work for me, but it comes across. And the way that they read it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I spend a lot of time rewriting emails uh, using less um, punctuation, I guess. Uh, less putting sm- I used marks. to put smiley faces. Put a lot of smiley faces at the end. My favorite thing now is like the XX <laughs> at the end, so okay. they know that it's you know yes. happy. Writing an email is like an art. Yeah, it really is, and I feel like it's you have to be fucking Van Gogh when it comes to black women. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like I have, I know firsthand. Yep. With being someone who's lived on both sides of the fence, yeah. <laughs> um, just the way that I totally, I just. You saying that just was so like I totally relate. I had a I, I mean I had a director totally at relate. work come up to me and I was um I, I haven't been really seeing eye to eye with a couple of coworkers and I like to go up to the person in charge and you know express my grievances just because now I'm in a place where I'm not HBIC. 
which mm-hmm. is very different for me because when I left my last agency, I was that person. Right. And so, you know, it's fine. I can manage, but you're not going to talk to me like I'm dumb, you know? So I, I take a lot of issue with that and I try to be reflective and see how much of it, what percentage of it is me projecting and then what percentage of it is me actually getting disrespected. And so, but still I like to communicate that to the people in charge. So there's no surprises. And, um, you know, they were like, well, one one really positive thing we really like about you oh, is that you're, like, really calm in the office. And I paused because I'm not a calm person. A bitch was just in the loony bin. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, <laughs> I'm the opposite of calm. Yeah. But I could tell it was it was a way of her patting me on the back for not blowing up not on being this ghetto. girl. Not being ghetto. I have my boss was the most understanding. She's a white woman, short white woman with a super black name. I'm not gonna say her name, but she was the most um, accommodate, and I feared that it's something about being. I was only one of two black women on on a like team of fifty. Mm-hmm. Talk about inclusion, writer. And I was the youngest, mm-hmm. like one of the younger people there that had a position of quote unquote power that mm-hmm. wasn't like a PA. And uh, I was so grateful for a boss that understood me and that had my back because there were two there were two white women that tried to get me fired. Yeah. Um, and that's a whole other story, but it goes into tones and emails and things like yeah. that. And so I've learned it's something about I don't want to demonize L.A. because y'all be jumping on my back, but. No, My experiences it, yeah. with white <laughs> yep, women in is. L.A. Yeah. is totally different than my experiences with white women in Chicago. And that's not saying that they were any less problematic, but it's a certain level of delicacy yeah. that I have and to handle that I have to handle Los Angeles white yeah. women with. Yeah. It's just a certain level of delicacy. Otherwise, I am the big, tall, blonde Scary black wolf. Black woman. Yeah. Yeah. And because I'm so animated, I guess it's easy to believe the nonsense because I am animated. And, yeah. you know, I crack a joke or two, but they just well, some see, people, I, a lot of people don't handle can't yeah, handle. No, yeah, they can't handle. No, you have to pat. It has to be so much extra padding and mm-hmm. with a bow on top mm-hmm. because it's just it's ugh. girl. I, th- this could be a whole other episode. Yeah, like, I mean, mm-hmm. and I, I am the opposite of animated most of the time. Um, you get some brown liquor in me, I'll become really animated. But uh, I suffer from resting bitch face. So mm-hmm. people just automatically that I don't have. assume that I'm like just angry. Yeah. And, you know, some of that I can help when I feel like I'm it. sure with your, he- with your head. Like and with my head. Oh, my God. Right. The, fir- the first time I cut and my you're hair. you're not light skin. Yeah. So you just, you represent I just look militant. Yeah. yeah. Literally the first <laughs> Okoye. time. Okoye. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> the, the first time I shaved my head. I shaved my head like three years ago. And, um, yeah, the first time I shaved it, it was a lot. And um, I wasn't, I don't know if I was, like, going through anything crazy, but my friend had started the popular Instagram, The Cut Life. And so I was just, like, kind of inspired by that. And I feel like as black women, me in particularly, I was always very, like, ashamed of, like, my natural hair. And so I was always wearing a lot of wigs, weaves, the whole thing, and mm-hmm. damaging it. And so I kind of got tired of hiding behind. Mm-hmm. I put a lot of self-worth in what That's my hair what looked Tamar like. Said. Yeah. yeah. And so it was really refreshing for me to cut my hair. So the first time I cut it, this white lady, she meant the, she meant the, the world. I mean, she tried her best and she was always trying to be nice and we were in we were at an event in miami and she's like you know i really like the hair you know and i was like oh thanks and she goes you definitely look 
a lot more intimidating than you did before. And I said, well, um, have you ever thought of the fact that that might be you projecting your insecurities on me? And she just had this moment where she just kind of stared at me like, Huh. A moment of clarity. Mm. And then she just kind of walked away. It was like, well, it's good seeing I you. I had a white woman tell me last summer that she didn't recognize me. Because I had went from having weave to braids. Oh, they love saying and that. And I'm the only, <clears throat> I, mind you, I'm the only person in the workplace that looks like me. Yeah. Yep. She stood in the elevator and pure, granted, we didn't like each other. I yeah. Mean, you know, <laughs> this was at the beginning of us not liking each undertones. other. Yeah. And yeah, she told me. They she love She was that. like, I didn't even recognize you. So who did you think? Right. Going into this same, you know. Yeah. Sorry mm. for your kudos. All right. Time for the kiss and tell kudos. This week's KAT kudos, I have to shout out my girl, Aubarella Aubrey O'Day, for obvious reasons. <laughs> I want Aubrey to not only shake the table, I want her to bust that bitch down to the gristle. Aubrey, girl, we want the tea. It was released earlier this week that Donald Trump Jr., his wife, filed for divorce. And um, what killed me is that people were trying to like, oh, there's children involved. Grant him his privacy. But then he was like riding. He was like laughing at other people like they were pulling up tweets of, I guess, like I can't even remember whose particular it was that was going through a divorce that he was delighting in and children were involved. But anyway, you know, to hell with all of them. And so if you all have not been keeping up, uh, it happened a few years ago, years before 45 was in the White House when uh, Celebrity Apprentice was still going on. And I'm a fan of Celebrity Apprentice. I just didn't watch this season. The last season I watched was the most iconic one with Star Jones, Dionne Warwick, uh, LaToya Jackson, NeNe Leakes. <laughs> Little yes. John, that was yes. this. If you did not watch that season, I suggest maybe you dig up YouTube or I don't know where you can find it. Hulu. That was the only season I watched. Re me too. The <laughs> cast was just too good. Yeah. How are you going to have Star Jones, Dionne Warwick, NeNe Leakes, and LaToya Jackson <laughs> yeah. all mess. under one roof? Yep. And Little John. You used to do PR for LaToya. Um, oh, really? Mm -hmm. yeah. um, and so, yes, Aubrey uh, had this affair with Don Jr., and she's been fairly quiet. And I'm ready for her, like I said, just just shake the whole foundation well, up. She wrote because, the song. I mean, mm -hmm. but that was years. I'm saying recently because she did uh -huh. tweets, too. When Trump was announced that it was going to be the president, she did tweets like, oh, now my story is worth more money. Like no one questioned oh. it. No one, you know, looked into yeah. it. Um, but she's been quiet recently. Like the song is old as hell. Really? Oh, yeah, the so. song, old, yeah. The song is years old. Oh. Um, and the tweets are fresh. old. Yeah. So she's been really quiet, but I want a media tour. I don't want a book. I want an interview. Maybe sit down with Gail King she's at plotting. CBS this morning. Mm -hmm. Uh, go to the view. And actually I don't want one of those. To, I, I need a Gail King CBS this morning, 60 minutes, 2020 yeah. nightline. I need one of those interviews. I don't need like a fluff daytime TV interview yeah, uh, until, mm -hmm. I think until after you sit down yeah. with Diane Sawyer. I used to work with Aubrey uh, here and there for like different projects. Mm -hmm. And um, funnily enough, the tanning chain mm -hmm. uh, liked her, Makes sense. liked her working together and so sure. i did like an appearance with her here and there and uh she's a cool girl and she's like from california yeah. southern california yeah. um and she just she gets a lot of flack of work done now yeah she she's gets a lot 33. of flack people think she's like not bright but she's yeah. she's she's got a good she's smarter sense. than you think yeah. her mom's yeah. an attorney didn't know that good until street smarts loves the lord uh i've seen her at church a couple times um, Amen. Yeah. So I think she's plotting 
the best way to do this. Yes. Um, and she's loving, I'm sure she's yeah. loving this attention. And yeah. I also have to shout her out because I reported on a story uh, f- oh, almost four years ago when Don Richard punched Aubrey in the back of the head mm-hmm. when Danity Kane was supposed to be coming back. Well, <laughs> allegedly, according to that grape juice, they have made amends and it was a six hour meeting. So maybe we'll get more Danity Kane. Who knows? DK2? Um, well, no, Shannon's still there. So it'd be DK3. Well, Shannon and Aubrey had that one group. What was it Dumb called? Blonde. Again? That's Dumb Blonde. where the DJT song came from from oh. Dumbo yeah that wasn't oh. an album yeah so uh yeah Aubrey you are my KAT kudos this week sis and like I said I need you to not only shake the table I need you to bust that bitch down to the gristle because I mean even with the dad that's in the White House you know we have the Stormy Daniels but there's another woman a Playboy playmate that just came out but uh. spraying the chop on him she trying to sue him like Mm, the, the chapter of this current administration in the history books is going to be so entertaining. Yeah. Luckily, we'll still be around to witness it, hopefully. Yeah. hopefully, And we'll still be in one piece and intact <laughs> and no Kim Jong-un. But in my mind, when we're, we have reached a utopia. I'll go and this to elementary man, school for this. And this man is out of the White House. <laughs> it won't be in the elementary. It'll be sugarcoated in elementary. The, those high school American mm, history yeah. books, mm-hmm. those college those. American history mm. books, this administration is going to be the <laughs> most exciting chapter. Shout out to McGraw-Hill. Let's, I want to see it. You know. <laughs> McGraw-Hill. Yes. McGraw-Hill. Oh, the publisher the for publisher all of the history for books. The history oh, books. I'm, like, I'm so mad that you remember the publisher. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as you I'm said it, it's, it's on the spine of the history books. McGraw-Hill. Shout out to McGraw-Hill. Let's Come make on, it happen. They, they sound conservative and Texan, but y'all better tell the truth and the right. whole truth. So, right. yes, that... Uh, that yeah, yeah. shout out KT kudos. Well, yeah, to Aubrey. Thank you, Shar, for that, and thank you, Aubrey. And I'm excited to hear more. Thank you, Melanie, for coming on the show. Listen, great thanks show. for having me. Yeah, it was dope. I, I like I ran show. to an everyday people last last week. Yeah, and I was just like, I feel like you'd be dope on Kiss Central Radio. Well, that's really nice of you to say. I appreciate <laughs> that. Yeah, no, I I uh, hearing Tracy on last week, and when you texted me, I was like, ooh. I gotta follow Tracy. Jesus. Well, you did a great job. <laughs> yes, you did. Thank you for joining us. And you all know where to find us uh, on all the social media. Be sure to rate and subscribe and uh, use the hashtag KAT Radio when you're interacting because you guys have fantastic things and comments that you weigh in on. But if you miss out on the hashtag, then I have to do extra work of retweeting you and including <laughs> it. Um, but Please. yeah, so where can we find you on social media? Um, I'm on Twitter at Melanie787. M-E-L-A-N-I-E, and on Instagram at Melanie's IG. Oh. Simple to the point. Okay, med school. (laughs) (laughs) And you all know that you can find Jace at Jace Barron everywhere and myself. Mm -hmm. Char says so. Everywhere. Until next week. Maybe. But we'll talk about that on Twitter. (laughs) Until next week. uh, Yeah, we'll talk to you all then. I love us for real. Bye, y'all. P.S. Kiss and Tell Radio will be returning with all new episodes on Friday, April 5th. There will be no show next week. We hope that you enjoyed our Women's History Month series, and we'll talk to you all on Friday, April 5th. See you guys.